reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. After he had fed the, the people, Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and proceed him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After doing so, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat, already a few miles offshore, was being tossed about by the waves, for the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, he came forward toward them, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. At once, Jesus spoke to them, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter said to him in reply, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw how strong the wind was, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hands and caught Peter. And he said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? After they got into the boat, the wind died down. Those who were in the boat did him homage, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you. Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Last Saturday we had a beautiful event here in our parish. We had a quinceañera. It's like if you don't want a quince, it's it's primarily the Mexican Catholic tradition when a young lady turns 15. You have a huge party. And so two of our, our young ladies, uh, Isabel and Esmeralda, celebrated the 15th birthday, and we had a great time, mass, and we had a party out there in the, uh, the park over here in town. It was a beautiful day. And whenever, whenever there's a huge mass, especially for a quincey or anything else, you can always tell who's Catholic, right? Because we carry ourselves differently when we enter into a church, which is different than our other Protestant brothers and sisters. And so judging by the crowd and how they were moving and behaving, I immediately sensed, ah, 70% of these people aren't Catholic. And whenever that occurs, I realize I'm going to have to bark orders. Right? Because you know what? Every Mass, what do we do as Catholics? We make you work, don't we? Stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down. See, as Catholics, if you go to Mass for a long time, you know when to stand, when to sit down. You know all the cues. But if you're non-Catholic, it's bizarre. And so all the time I would have to say, all right, please stand. 
they sit. And our non-Catholic friends oftentimes will make fun of us about that, right? Oh, you Catholics. That's your Catholic calisthenics, right? Up, down, up, down, up, down. And then notice, what's the next move in the Mass? I have to tell them, please kneel. And then a huge crash goes down throughout the church because, <laughs> because they, they don't have quite to work the, uh, the kneelers. They just throw them down and then hear them crashing. <laughs> have you ever wondered why the kneeling comes precisely at that moment in Mass? Let that question linger in the air as we began this homily. And I'll come back around to it. But ask yourself, why do we kneel? Why does kneeling come at that moment in Mass? Before we address that, what a beautiful gospel today. What an amazing gospel. So the context of the gospel, if you recall from last Sunday's homily, we had the feeding of the loaves of fish that the Lord with that fed 5,000 people, which is the most, probably the most famous miracle of our Lord because it's found in all four of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The only miracle that's found in all four of the gospels. And so after he just fed the 5,000 people with the loaves and the fish, then comes this miracle. And that's where we're left off here. After he fed the people, the gospel continues, Jesus made the disciples get into a boat, dismissed the crowds, and he goes up the mountain to pray. So Jesus, on the Sea of Galilee, sets them off while he prays by himself with his Father. Now, the Sea of Galilee, to kind of give you a perspective how big it is, at the widest point, it's about seven miles long, seven miles wide, rather, at its, at its widest point. And so the disciples are on, their, they're on the boat, and they're just on the boat, and it says here, in the middle of the night, in the third, fourth watch of the night, a storm comes. The fourth watch is it's probably around 3 a.m. in the morning, 3 to 6 a.m., so it's completely dark. Have you ever been on a large body of water at night in the middle of a storm? It's terrifying. So the waves come crashing in on, on this little boat. I mean, it wasn't a big boat at all. So it was crashing. They're going up and down. They're, they're, they're freaking out. They're terrified. And then all of a sudden, Jesus appears. Yeah, as if the storm didn't terrify them enough. They freak out when they see Jesus because they say, Jesus, oh no, it's a ghost. Because there he is. Because you imagine, in the middle of the darkness, boom, there's somebody standing on the water. And then hear what Jesus says next. Take courage. It is I. I don't like this translation of it is I. In the original Greek, there's another way of rendering this, which I think is a lot more telling. This phrase, it is I, in Greek, is ego emi, I am. So now, you're a first century Jew. You immediately, you hear that phrase, ego emi, boom, you immediately think of what? Exodus chapter 3, the most pivotal event in Israelite history. Moses, after being freed from Egypt out of slavery, goes up Mount Sinai, encounters God, and is given the Ten Commandments. 
the most, one of the most pivotal events in human history, the Ten Commandments. God gives it to Moses at that moment. And so Moses asks that famous question. When I go down the mountain and I talk to the people and they ask me, who are you? What do I tell them? In other words, which God are you? And what is your name? And then God utters that mysterious, profound, divine name. Tell them, Ego Eimi sent you. I am who am. The disciples are Jewish. Jesus, standing on the water now, appears to them. He says to them that same name, I am. They knew the significance of that. This Jesus is God incarnate. Now enter Peter. Oh, Peter, what an amazing guy. Bold, but reckless. Jesus, if it's really you, call me out on the water. And he comes out, gets out of the boat, and remember, storm, waves crashing, completely dark. Peter gets out of the boat. And I've always imagined when I hear this gospel, Peter is tiptoeing toward Jesus. He's tiptoeing. Why? You're walking on the water for the first time. You're not taking heavy steps. So he's tiptoeing, tiptoeing toward Jesus. He's like, well, hands are probably out, trying to get balance. He's walking on the water. All right, Jesus, I'm, I'm coming towards you. He's looking at him. And then what happens? What always happens to us? It said that Peter saw how strong the wind was and he became frightened. We know at this moment Peter stopped looking at Jesus. Is that not all of us? Is that not you and me? When the storms come crashing in our lives, what do we do? Oh no, storm! We look at it. We freak out and we stop looking at Jesus. We start looking at our problems. And we take our gaze off of him. Become distracted. And it was at that moment Peter begins to sink. Because he took his eyes off Jesus. Now let me ask you, brothers and sisters, is the church in a storm right now? You better believe it. All across the world, the church is in a storm. Is our nation in a storm? You better believe it. We're in a huge storm. And which is why I hate the COVID precaution and the restrictions with a passion. I mean, it's, it's, it's actually a real thing. But what is it doing to us? It is causing people to second-guess the Lord and to take their eyes off of Him. We can only be at 25% in some places, even less in other places. And of course, I'm not saying the force people come to Mass, but and people with, with, with preconditions absolutely need to be prudent. They need to, they need to take the proper precautions. But it's causing people to take their eyes off the Lord.
to lose sight of him, to take their eyes off of him. So Peter freaks out. When we take our eyes off Jesus and we try to rely on other things, it never works out for us. Never. Never. Jesus then reaches down, pulls him up. And I guarantee you at that moment, Peter locked eyes on Jesus. <laughs> oh, I'm never going to make this mistake again. He's looking at him. Peter, Jesus pulls up Peter. His eyes firmly squared in, locked in on him. And Jesus probably smiling, smirking, Peter. You of little faith, why did you doubt me? Why did you stop looking at me? Now enter back to the first question we began with. Why do you kneel at that time in the Mass? Notice where it's at. Is directly related to what happens next on the boat. So now the waves calm down. And it said with his disciples there, soaking wet, freezing. Those who were in the boat, it says, did him homage. That word homage in the original Greek, again, is very telling. It's proskoneo. We get our English word prostrate from it. At that moment, they recognize who Jesus is. They fall down on their knees before his physical presence. They proskoneo before him. Now, at the Mass, you proskoneo precisely right before the Eucharistic prayer. At that pivotal moment in the Eucharistic prayer, what happens is the priest will call down the Holy Spirit will call down the power of the Holy Spirit, and those words that we hear from the Last Supper given to us are uttered. Behold, take this, all of you, eat of it, for this is my body. And at that moment, the words that are, that are uttered, Jesus, boom, becomes present physically again. And we proskoneo. Where do we see Jesus physically now? Only at Mass. Jesus now who makes himself physically present. Which is why I absolutely love the Mass. I absolutely love it. And nothing will ever stop me from going to Mass. No politician, no virus, no threats of death, nothing will stop me from going to Mass. Why? Because it is Jesus Christ's presence. Don't take your eyes off of me. Don't. Lock in. Fall down on your knees. It is I in the midst of the storm. And then the next response we hear often. Ah, but the Mass is boring. Uh, but Elijah teaches us well, doesn't he, in the first reading? God is not in the mighty wind. There was an earthquake, Elijah says. 
Ah, but God was not in the earthquake. Ah, there was a blazing fire. Ah, God is not in the fire. Rather, God here was present in the tiny whispering sound. What is the Holy Eucharist? God's simple, humble, silent presence there. You see, whenever I hear the criticism that the Mass is boring, it's because we tend to equate spectacle with truth. The flashier, the better. I mean, that's why you ever go to a concert, right? You ever go to a concert? You're deaf for about a week. Your, your ears ring. You're yelling at each other after walking through the parking lot. Wasn't that great? What? Yeah, it was great. Pyrotechnics, lights, flashing, dancers. What? What is that? There's nothing wrong with it in and of itself, but make it flashy. Why? So when we walk away, we can say, yeah, I got my money's worth. And that same mentality sometimes carried over to God. Wind, earthquake, fire. But God is not in those things. He's silent, present in the Eucharist. There's a second time now you will kneel at Mass. So you first you kneel before the Eucharist of prayer, and then we stand up, and then we say to our Father together. And then at the second time of the Mass, as I did in the Kinsei, I have to yell at them, please kneel. <laughs> and then the crashing <laughs> kneelers again happen. Then notice the second time when you kneel again. It's by design. You're kneeling at the moment right before the priest will hold up the Eucharist in front of your face. And then the priest will yell at you. I will yell at you. And I will say to you, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. I will say to you, look at him. Never take your eyes off of him. Never. My brothers and sisters, this is the key in the midst of the storm. Nowhere else. Lock your eyes on him in the Eucharist and the storm will pass in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit Amen.